Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Challenging. Thought-provoking. Insightful. This is the Ninja Pastor with Sunday's God in Country with Dr. Sean. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical reverend, Dr. Sean is a proud U.S. military veteran, former law enforcement officer, founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through his riveting national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This show is biblically and politically engaged in the battle to save our country with a pedal to the metal with this Sunday's edition of Sundays with Dr. Sean. Buckle up. Here's your host, the author of the critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Reverend Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, with today's message. Well, hello and welcome, listeners just joining us across the country. Tonight, uh, we will be going over some stuff. We have a lot of uh, really, really great food here that disappeared rather quickly. If you were here, I, I suspect it would be even better. We had incredible meatballs, uh, tortellini, and chicken, uh, home-done uh, uh, chicken legs, barbecue sauce, home-grown salad from somebody's garden, field greens, yeah. yeah if you were here... Hey, if you were here, you'd know the joke. If you were here, you'd know the joke. So that's how we do it. So what we do is we get together and amazing meatballs. Let me tell you, those I think are gone, right? Those were, those were That was pretty quick. Two left. Yeah, they were amazing. So this is how we do it in our Kehala. We're politically incorrect. Cut it straight. We go straight to the point. We are unmistakably pro-Israel. And pro-America, I am the Black Robe Regiment. We use the appropriate and accurate Hebrew words for the characters and places of Scripture. And I don't pretend to be Jewish, although I'd be proud to be Jewish. Remember, the pens of the Bible were predominantly held by Hebrew people, teaching us through their shared sacred struggle and experiences of faith. And that is what makes the Hebrew worldview kind of amazing, um, it's an amazing thing because it connects you. They're the original people of our of the land, the land, the Haaretz, and of, of our faith. We're not their origin. We are not teaching them something new. They're at the beginning, and they're going to be at the end because God promised them. We're not their origin or even the perfecter of their faith. Now let's talk about certain words that we use. I get asked this every week. Why do I say Yeshua? Am I speaking some kind of crazy tongues? No, that's actually the name of Jesus. Uh, it's the Hebrew name for the Lord, and it means Yahweh, the Lord, is salvation. The English spelling Yeshua is Joshua. However, when translated from Hebrew into the Greek language, the name Yeshua becomes Iesus. The English spelling for Iesus is Jesus. It's like the game of telephone played over 2,000 years. What I did was I cut out column by his original and his actual name, Yeshua. Listen, this is very important. I'm always remiss to do this. And my Monday show, which, by the way, the Monday show, you got to listen tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be powerful. Uh, the first part of it, I'm going to do my Memorial Day. Uh, it's a special Memorial Day observance. Uh, it's going to be solemn, and it's going to be powerful. That's about all I can tell you. And I'll have to have the tissues ready because this, this uh, I don't call it a holiday. This observance is very powerful in my heart. Um out of the Gold Star families that are, uh, Memorial Day is just so incredibly tough. It's so incredibly tough. And I've talked to a bunch of my friends who are Gold Star families. We need to pray for 
the folks out in uh, they had a tragedy out in Colorado at the Michael Strange Foundation, um, and so we need to pray for them throughout the week to be a particularly tough time. But we, um, we you know, we hold them up in our prayers and all Gold Star families. So the first part will be uh, honoring the Gold Star families of tomorrow's show. Same place if you found it here. This is the same place. BlogTalkRadio.com backslash the Ninja Pastor. That'll take you to our page. What you have to do is you click on follow or subscribe, whatever the word is there. And if you use Twitter and Facebook, why don't you just sign up uh, or follow me at the Ninja Pastor. And on Facebook, click on sign up at facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. And by the way, um, the ninjapastor.com is back up. Uh, uh, Kim did a True Vine Web Creations. Christian Lady, who does our website, did a fantastic job on it. We're going to add some things some functionality, and actually we'll have video. Uh, we will have video. We'll be able to do video of these messages and some of my other speeches, other places where you know, where we can make that happen. So that would be pretty cool. So ninjapastor.com. But just click on subscribe and also on the God and Country Radio. Click on uh, like on Facebook, the, the God and Country page. But then click on, what is it, sign up? The word is sign up. <clears throat> Military fireman, he's the one that built that and does a great job keeping that going. Let me just say that last week I I was shocked at the number of questions online that I got from last week's um, message. And uh, I really felt kind of bad because I didn't feel like I explained stuff quite enough, and I just didn't think it was very compelling. Well, I was wrong, apparently. Um, People had a ton of questions, and they were all good questions. But one of the things that I must have mentioned, I didn't look to it back, but I must have mentioned, is the anti-Semitism in a lot of the Bible. Did I mention that? Oh, I did. Oh, good. Well, I'm going to address it this week, today, right now. Uh, because people were saying, you know, I don't understand why you're saying that. What does that mean? What do you mean anti-Semitism in the Bible? How can that be? That doesn't seem possible. And then I got a litany of questions. Well, which translation is anti-Semitic? And I said, well, you know, there's a list of them, uh, and different parts of them are. And they, well, how can that be? That's an inspired word of God. Well, we have to remember there were people involved in the creation of those translations, whole big groups of people. But generally, uh, governments or, or representatives of the government were behind that and funding that. So there's some stuff there that we have to think about. So I'll explain. I'll come back and explain, Lucy. But first, let me tackle this, and, and here's what I'm going to do. Now, remember, we're, in, uh, we're going to do First and Second Thessalonians because of you. Um, and it's a very good book, uh, a very good letter. That the, Now, here's another Hebrew word I'm going to throw at you. We know him growing up as the Apostle Paul, right? Everybody knows that name. Oh, that's Apostle Paul, St. Peter and Paul Cathedral, St. Paul's, you know, this, that, and the other. Well, the reality of it is, is his name isn't actually Paul. It's Shaul. His Hebrew name, why was he, why does he have a Hebrew name? Because he was, say it with me, he was Hebrew. Right? So he was a Jew. Anyway, so we're in First Thessalonians. I'm going to read a passage here in, uh, in chapter 2. Another reason we regularly thank God is that when you heard the word of God from us, you received it not merely as a human word, but as it truly is, God's word, which is at work in you believers. <clears throat> I'm going to try not to interrupt myself. It's very difficult, just so you know. I just did it just then, explaining that I'm going to try not to interrupt myself, and I just interrupted myself, saying I'm not going to interrupt myself. For brothers, you came to be imitators of God's cre- congregations in Yehuda that are united with the Messiah, Yeshua. You suffered the same things from your countrymen, as they did from the Judeans, who both killed the Lord Yeshua and the prophets and chased us out too. They are displeasing God, posing all mankind by trying to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles, so that they may be delivered. Their object seems to be always to make their sins as bad as possible, but God's fury will catch up with them in the end. As for us, brothers, when we were deprived of your company for a short time in person, but not in thought, we missed you and tried hard to come see you. Anyway, I want to go back and cover something. And this, 
I, I tell you, in reading the comments, and, and it was literally, I didn't count them, but I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of under 1,000 comments. Uh, last week between Monday's show and Sunday's show, I got about 10,000 emails. And I'm just saying email is not the best way to get a hold of me. But put your comments there because I'm going to learn how to create a filter. I'm, I have a class. Uh, and I'm going to learn how to create a filter, and I'll be able to, they'll all go to one spot, and I'll be able to look there and go, oh, okay, this is that. So anyway, I'm learning. Oh, dog, be treated, taught a new trick. Anyway, um, here, this every word is important. I just, I just want you to know that every word is important. Little things don't mean a lot; they mean everything. And when it comes to Hebrew and Hebrew worldview, and the interpretation of Scripture, it's really important that we understand that what we think it means is very often not the case. By the way, I read from uh, Stern's The Complete Jewish Bible. Um, it's not the only one. Let me just say, hey there, your greens were amazing, BTW. And we dubbed them field, Fields Greens. They were amazing. So original, right? So uh, anyway, um, <clears throat> here's the thing. Uh, there's a long list of, of, well, maybe not that long of a list, but I use um, Complete Jewish Bible. is probably my first uh, Bible that I go to when I'm studying or preparing to speak or preach. And then the next one, uh, ESV, the English Standard Version, uh, then then New American Standard Bible, the 95 translation. Um, I love the Tom Chain reference. That's a, that's a phenomenal uh, tool. But using NASB or ESV, they don't they they don't they're not NASB yet, English Standard Version yet. But from a scholarly standpoint, those to me are the most accurate according to Hebrew context cultural and worldview and from a linguistic standpoint very important because a lot of things were missed just plainly and simply misunderstood in other translations so i'm going to go back and kind of unpack this really quick um another reason we regularly thank god what does that say another reason we regularly thank god there you go we're, so we've established that Shaul saying, hey, look, remember, this is, what did I say last week? Three people. This is Silas, Selah, uh, and, and Timothy, and Shaul putting together this letter, basically. They're collaborating. So we regularly, which means often, we, we thank God. Super, super important. You are not going to regret that. I'm just saying right now, you are not going to regret that. A plate of wonderful food just went by me. It's very difficult to concentrate. I'm just saying. Then I'm doing the math. There's one meatball left. <laughs> Stephen's coming to guard the meatball. I'll do it. No, no. <laughs> There's. No, I got to move away. I can smell it. Woo! Step away from the meatball. So another reason we regularly thank God is that when you heard the word of God from us. Very important. Because, remember, these people were trying to figure out how to do this new thing. They're Jews, and there were some Gentiles, but there was Jews there that suddenly now are Messianics. So they're trying to figure out, well, what the heck do I do? How do we do this? Do we still observe Torah? Do we still do the high holy days? Do we do we ceremonial? What, what do we do? How do we know what to do? And all these people hate us, you know, are... Split families, folks. It split families. Pit brother against brother. Uh, you know, it, it was a real deal. It was a real problem. And so they're trying to figure it out. They're trying to work their way through. Um, but he said, is that when you heard the word of God from us, very important because there's a lot of messages out there. And back then there were a lot of messages. We know that from extra biblical readings that there was a lot of people running around talking a lot of stuff. Because as as scary, dangerous as the new thing being a messianic was, whether you were Gentile or otherwise, you came to Christ, you came to Hamashiach, it was still risky, especially for the Jews, because the Jews really, uh, listen, you were you would be branded a, a, a blasphemer or a heretic, whatever the case may be. Uh, it's very important to also remember that a lot of people took advantage of the power in this movement. 
So there was a lot of posers, a lot of pretenders, and they would come along and say, hey, I can heal your this. I can heal your that. All you have to do is give me this. You know, this money, this livestock, got a cute daughter, you know, type of thing. Uh, well, I can heal you of this or that. And they were really taken advantage of. We know this from, from a lot of the historical uh, writings, historic writings. You received it not merely as a human word, but as it truly is, God's word. There in and of itself is a powerful statement. Think about Shaul, Timothy, and Sila are saying. They're saying what we're telling you, what, we're, what we are teaching you is God's word. That in and of itself put a target on Paul's back, on Shaul's back, because he's saying that nobody else really was saying except for the the emissaries, the great emissaries, the the uh, disciples, the, the other apostles that were teaching and preaching, they were saying it too, but a small band, rapidly growing. So people were trying to take advantage, but you received it not merely as a human word, but as it truly is God's word. Here's what I think, and this is not for nothing, this is just speaking, this is the gospel according to Sean. I believe one of the most incredible gifts we've ever been given uh, in, in mankind, in nephesh, being the being that prays, uh, humans, that's what we are in Hebrew, nephesh, um, is the ability to pray, number one. And then secondly, a very close second, is the ability to pick up God's Word in a little bitty book that fits in our pocket, in a regular big-sized leather-bound Bible that we can carry around, on a smartphone that you can have so many translations and so many helps, study helps and all this. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's such a, a blessed gift. I mean, praise God for that. Praise God for that. Absolutely amazing. So let me, let me say, um, when he says receive it as it truly is, God's word, that's a huge statement, not only because he, you must get a meatball, seriously. It was very difficult for me to not eat that. I'm just saying. I almost had the people pray for me right then and there. Um, not for nothing, but I had to. So it, what's important here is to realize the the sacred, blessed gift of God's Word, Hashem's Word, the Word of God written. Now I have an iPad in my hand. It's a powerful tool. I, I just can't believe all the cool stuff I can do with this. I can't believe that I can search a word and say, oh, I'm wondering how many times such and such was said. I'm wondering what the Greek and the Hebrew, how the, what are the differences in them? And I can press a button or two and swish and swash and whoosh, there it is. There it is. You know, it's, it's, uh, I don't like swipe. It speaks of theft to me. So I swish and I swash. Then at the Apple store, the trainers are very polite to me. They're like, Dr. Greener, um, the term we actually use is swipe. We call it a swipe. I said, that's feeling. I like, I like swish and swash. I don't think it's catching on. I'm just saying. But here's the other thing. <laughs> Here, <laughs> oh, radio audience, you should just come one time. You'll be hooked. Uh, the things that you don't get to hear. Or see. So, but this next part I think is very, very important. I've talked about the sacredness of God's word. The fact that what He's saying is, "Look, we said stuff to you, and that was God's word." Well, we get to hold God's word in our hands, be it paper, you know, nice leather-bound books, small, like you said, smartphones, iPads, all those things. We get to do all those things. That's powerful. But what makes God's word powerful? God's word powerful is this, which is at work in you believers. It's at work in you believers. How does it, how do, how does God's word come to work in believers? We, you, it won't, somebody said to me in one of the, one of the emails I got this, this past week on last week's sermon, thank you for your emails, by the way, um, was I tried reading the Bible, and it didn't work for me. 
literally. And I quote, and if you're listening, and if you're listening, I, I will encourage you, just like I did in your email, I will encourage you, the only way the Bible works, that word works, and work in the spirit of you, get to your core who you are, is you absolutely must read it. But find a translation that you can understand as accurate as possible. I love the complete Jewish Bible because it is easy to read. It is not a layman's term Bible. It is the words as best the translation committee could arrive, all Jewish professors and and very, very uh, knowledgeable people, put together what they would have said, contextually, uh, historically, all of what we know. And it's conversational. The Bible absolutely absolutely true. The Bible is absolutely conversational. So, at work, at work, you believers, can you imagine at work in you believers? People say I have a need, and God didn't. God didn't provide me with what I wanted, what I asked for. God's not an ATM. He's absolutely not an ATM. He can he can change history. He can change time. He can he can alter the progression of time. He can stop time. He can split oceans. He can heal the sick. He can raise the dead. He can do anything that he wants to do. Praise be to a holy and almighty Hashem. Amazing, amazing what he can do. We don't have any concept of it. So when we say, well, I read the Bible, and it didn't work, it didn't work for me. The Bible is, we're looking in our Center for Self-Governance, we learn it, and we think that they can give us our rights. They're wrong, of course. But the it here, uh, when people say, I read the Bible, I tried reading the Bible, and it didn't work for me. It's because of how they're looking at it. They're looking at it uh, as, as a just a, uh, you just sit and read it and automatic magic happens. You have to get it into your body. You have to get it into your soul. You have to drink it in. And you know what? You have to do that on a regular basis. Remember what, remember what Shaul said? Another reason we regularly thank God is that when you heard the Word of God, now they couldn't read much of the Word of God. Those people didn't have... Bibles, and back then smartphones were a lot bigger, and it was very difficult to charge, and so you couldn't have a Bible on your phone. You didn't have phones, but the point is, is they didn't have that. So who did they have for Scripture? They had Shaul, Timothy, the other uh, apostles and disciples. They had all these other these other outlets, but they only communicated with them via letter or in-person visits. That's why letters were so important. These letters were so important. Anyway, I better move on, or I'm going to way behind. I am way behind. Uh, I'm confessing. So at work in you believers, what do you have to be for God's word to work in you? You have to be a believer. You have to. And so people say, well, you know, I don't know. I just can't decide how much of the Bible have you read? How often have you read it? How deeply have you read it? People say, well, I didn't feel God moving in me. So I don't think God is real because I tried reading the Bible and Eh, didn't do anything for me. You have to believe first. That sounds crazy, right? You normally, well, I'm going to read instructions, or I'm going to, I'm going to decide. How? What do we do with cars? I was looking not to buy, but looking at cars yesterday, just because I was fascinated by them. And uh, and what do people? They always the salesman always to test drive the car. You got to test drive the car. You got to take the car for a ride. You can't go. Well, I believe that that car's going to be great. It might not be great for you. The car for you in the front row may not be the same, which I know for a fact. Your needs are not the same as your needs. So you have to drive it. You have to just be sure. Uh, it has to, But you have to take it in. You have to get into the experience of it for it to move you, for it to change your life. Anyway, moving on. For brothers, you came to be imitators of God's congregations in Yehuda that are united with the Messiah Yeshua. You suffered the same things very important. I talked about anti-Semitism. You won't find it in this translation because it says, and correctly, from your countrymen as they did from the Judeans who both killed the Lord, Yeshua, and the prophets and chased us out too. Very 
important distinction. I'll show you why in a second. They are displeasing God and opposing all mankind. The Judeans who are anti-Messianic, they're, they're anti-Yeshua is the Yeshua Hamashiach, the Jesus, the Messiah. They're not just against them when they, when they do the things that they do, these fellow countrymen from your countrymen as they did from the Judeans. It's important to understand, very important, critically important to understand that when they say they're displeasing God and opposing all mankind, that is very, very important. The reason it's important is because they're making a very powerful statement in those three words, opposing all mankind. Who is all mankind? Everyone. If you are a human being and you are opposing all mankind, who are you also opposing? Yourself. Somebody said it. And who else who made you, you said it, God. You're not only opposing the other guy, yourself. You will never find success. You will never find that relationship with God until you stop fighting yourself and until you stop fighting God. Trying to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles. Why? Why did this Judean bunch, the, these folks, why did they not want them to teach and, and, and speak to the Gentiles? Because they didn't think they were clean. They thought, no, we don't, we don't deal with them. We don't do That's against the rules. We don't do that. Trying to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles, very important two words, so that... What was happening? That so that well, you know what that was? The speaking to the Gentiles was imparting the word of God, God's word into people, and those people became believers, and therefore their lives were utterly and completely and eternally changed. Why? You know, I've read good books. I'm going to talk about a really great book tomorrow, ISIS Exposed by Eric Ackelbeck. Very, very good. New York Times bestselling author. Every book he's written has been extremely well-received, goes to bestseller very quickly. Um, really amazing. You're, you really want, you really, really want to listen to tomorrow's show. Um, so let me, how can I explain this? What would be the best way so that... So that, um, let's say, four rows back, someone on the aisle says, Dr. Sean, you absolutely must read the book. Now, everybody knows me, knows I love to read. I wish I had more time to read. I try to make time to read. I read at the weirdest times. Uh, I have to tell you, I love to read. I have over 5,000 physical books, physical books or more electronic books on computer, phone, iPad, all of those things. I love to read. But if four rows back on the aisle says, hey, you know what? I just read a book. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. You must read this book. And I say, well, I'll give it a try. Next week, four rows back on the aisle says, have you read the book? This changed my life. I could look at four rows back on the aisle, and see, wow, her life has changed. Something's really powerful. But when will my life change? When I read the book. What do I have to do to read the book? I have to go get the book. I have to do a physical action so that they may be delivered. Praise to a holy God. Praise to an almighty Hashem who, who, will, who will say, if you do this, I will deliver you. It's an investment in the Word. It's an investment in the Spirit. I said just a few minutes ago, I said that I think one of the greatest privileges of all time is to pray to the, I don't say a living God, pray to the living God. God is not an awesome God. He is the awesome God. A privilege, but the next best privilege, my 
goodness is to have his word and to be able to pour yourself into his word and plead with God. God, I'm about to sit down and handle your holy word. I, Your scripture, the, the your testimony to all of time, please open my mind, open my heart. Deliver me from the distractions that the evil one puts in front of me. Listen, if you if you go to a job, uh, you have a workplace, and the lunchroom is extremely loud, and uh, people are always messing with you and all that, that might not be the best place to, to immerse yourself in Scripture. Maybe out in your car, you know. Maybe maybe at your desk. Maybe I don't know. Maybe you go eat your lunch, and then you go back to your desk, and you study or whatever, but you know what happens. You go back to your desk, you get interrupted. But a place of, of no interruption, or you use it as a ministry. If you're confident enough, you trust God enough, somebody comes up and says, what are you reading that old book? That's nothing but an old, outdated history book. Mm-mm, Talk about a conversation starter. Have you ever read it? Well, I tried reading the Bible, and it didn't do anything for me. It didn't do anything for me. Well, there's something you have to do first so that God deliver you. Anyway, uh, their object seems to be uh, always to make their sins as bad as possible, but God's fear will catch up with them in the end. So, Judeans. Where is the anti-Semitism? In 14, Judeans. He uses the word, Stern uses the word, Judeans. In all major English translations, the Greek word, aeodion, aeodion, is rendered not Judeans as it is here, but Jews. Jews. You say, what's the difference? I thought Judeans were Jews. No. As a result, verses 14 through 16 cease to be what they are. This is Stern speaking. Cease to be what they are, namely a comparison of the Thessalonian congregation's suffering at the hands of their countrymen in Thessalonica with the Judean congregation's suffering at the hands of their countrymen, the Judeans. And instead, despite Shaul's manifest love and zeal for his Jewish people, talks about it in Romans 9, 3 and 4, 10, 1, 11, 13 through 14, the passage reads as a virulently anti-Semitic outburst. Let's just read one. The Revised Standard Version. Many of you in Radio Land, I don't think anybody here reads that, but in Radio Land, I'm sure many of you probably have that translation. And it reads, The Jews who killed both the Lord Jesus and the prophets and drove us out and displeased God and oppose all men by hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles that they might be saved, so as always to fill up the measure of their sins, but God's wrath has come upon them at last. In fact, the New English Bible and, and the Living Bible, New English Bible and the Living Bible, that's what people, uh, a lot of times, new to the faith, uh, you, you all have heard of the New Living Translation. Um, I was not allowed to actually use the New Living Translation in seminary. In fact, you know, you always love, I'm weird, I always like to get called on by the professor. The professor of this particular uh, class happened to be the president of the university. And Dr. Fry, God love him, I'm fond of reminding him that in 1965 I was born, he was already in the Navy. Um, Just as a reminder of his age, nothing more. Love the man. Anyway, uh, he... When I read, he knew immediately, he didn't have to look at the Bible I was reading from, he knew immediately, and he interrupted me, and he said, you, sir, have a spurious translation of the word. I suggest you obtain the more appropriate translation by lunch. And so I did. No, he was very clear. Oh, New Living, kind of. I think it really is more of a paraphrase than anything else. Um, many, many errors in that. Uh, so all that said to say, I went out really quickly, uh, shoveled my lunch down, and zipped down to the Bible store, happened to be just a few blocks away, and I got me a Bible that I still have, and I had two of my two of my very favorite professors, Dr. Fry and Dr. Frazier, uh, to sign them, and, and their treasures of mine. Uh, all that to say this, that it does make a huge difference what translation you read. Although I'll say this, don't not read the scripture because now all of a sudden you say, look, I, you know, I don't have 
50 or $60 for a Bible. I don't have that. So I can't go out and plunk that. I just don't have that. Okay. Well, then maybe I can help you. I can raise some money and help you get you a good translation. Or maybe you can spend no dollars and go online and get a free translation, a, a better one. ESV is free. You can get it online free. It's absolutely free. If you have a tablet, at some point you could order the tablet. So go do the free thing and get that on your tablet. Anyway, all that said to say this. The New English Bible uh, and the Living Bible originally thought to be very uh, pro-Jew, more at least more sensitive to Jewish Jews. They hammer the point home by repeating the Jews, even though the Greek text does not, and the Phillips version repeats it four times. The Phillips version goes like this. You were sharing the experience of the Judean Christian churches who suffered persecution by Jews who killed their own prophets, the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus, and the Jews who drove us out. I told you, many scripture translations are, bless you, are very, very anti-Semitic. You say, why does that matter? I thought the Jews did kill Jesus. First of all, that's incorrect. And second of all, it's not the point. Say again. I killed them. Amen. Fourth row on the aisle. Answer that question. I killed Yeshua. Let me read that again. See if you see a difference, folks. See if you pick up a subtle difference. You were sharing the experience of the Judean Christian church who suffered persecutions by the Jews. It was the Jews who killed their own prophets, the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus, and the Jews who drove us out. Stern goes on to say, what this proves is that there is anti-Semitism not in Paul, as most of his Jewish critics claim. Listen, there there are many Jews, oddly enough, I get this, the people ask me this question all the time, and I'm telling you, it is a fantastic question when they ask me, how can so many Jews be pro-Barack Obama? How can so many Jews be pro-liberal ideology when Barack Obama and liberal ideology are so clearly and virulently anti-Semitic? They are anti-Semitic because they are anti-God. Jerry in the front row said it clearly. They are anti-God. And that is why they are so virulently anti-Semitic. They are so virulently anti-Jew because they hate things of God. And the Jew are God's chosen people. Here's the thing. He goes on to say, I I think this is fantastic how he says this. What this proves is that there is anti-Semitism not in Paul, as his Jewish critics claim, but in the church. He doesn't say, Stern doesn't say, in certain translations. He says, in the church. You guys here, you know that Martin Luther and Calvin, vile, vile words against the Jews. Yeah, vile. Referring to Jews as dogs. And yet the Reformation, what a powerful thing, right? If we look at it surfacy, to exterminate millions of Jews as the reason why. Say it again loud. Hitler, Adolf Hitler, that was the foundation of the Holocaust. I say this to say that. I say that to say this. Look, Martin Luther did some good things. Calvin did some good things. There's a lot of good that comes from that. But there's also, we need to know, a lot of bad. There's a lot of negative. There's a lot of wrong. There's a lot of anti-Semitism. And you know what? If you're an anti-Semite, you are anti-God. You are anti-God because you are anti-Yeshua. The church has been... Now, this is not Stern saying this. This is me. This is in both the church of old and in the postmodern emergent church. 
That's a controversial statement. I, I was asked to speak to a conference of pastors one time, operative word one time, and I pointed to the crowd of several hundred pastors and I said, if you are preaching, and I explained this gospel very similar to this, then you are an anti-Semite and God himself hates you. Not well received. No invite back. I checked the mailbox over the following weeks. No letter of thanks. The check did cap, though. It's an important feature. The postmodern emergent church. You guys know what the postmodern emergent church is. This is this new, this new way of approaching, air quotes, church, which cuts out anything that might be offensive to others. Osteen is a great example of the postmodern church. He's a very poor example of a pastor. Air quotes, pastor. He's a very poor example of a shepherd. But he is a great example of the postmodern church that twists Scripture to keep the money moving through the, the coffers of the church. It's absolutely fantastic to me that someone who preaches not the gospel, woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. And really in Hebrew, uh, that passage is all of the gospel, the full gospel, the whole gospel, the fun parts that we love so much and the parts that condemn us. Postmodern church is all around us. It's, it's in, folks, I want to just tell you, it's, it's in every denomination. Every denomination. It's in the Southern Baptist. It's in the Baptist. It's in the Northern Baptist. It's in the Independent Baptist. It's in the Assemblies of God. It's in the uh, Pentecostal. It's in the Foursquare. It's in the um, uh, the Episcopal and Lutheran. Holy moly. Who do I forget? Methodist. It's in the Catholic Church. It's in so many churches. It's in all churches. Postmodern, emergent is a scourge upon the, the, the body of Christ, the very body of Christ. It's a scourge because they take out bits and pieces and they put in other things that are, are just a, an affront to God, Major, which is becoming a major, uh, a, a very major uh, denomination, if you will, and that is um, Sovereign Grace. And I know you, you guys go to a Sovereign Grace church, um, sovereign grace, I'll tell you, among the denominations, I have to say, pretty impressive. Their dedication and their adherence to Scripture, their pursuit, their hunger and thirst after things of righteousness, pretty powerful. Pretty powerful. And they really seem to be hungry. Let's get it right. Let's not preach it out the way that we know people respond. Let's get it right. Anyway, the church has been so blind that it has not seen the context of verse 14 is Judea, so that no other rendering uh, other than rendering, let me say that again, the church has been so blind that it has not seen that the context of verse 14 is Judea, so that no other rendering than Judeans makes sense. Jews who criti- this is this is stern here. Jews who thus criticize the New Testament as anti-Semitic can hardly be blamed for accepting as authoritative authoritative, the church's own interpretation of what Paul has written. I I will say to you, um, he goes on, I'll just read it just for fun. At Yochanan 1.19, Yochanan is John. His real name was Yochanan. Uh, 1.19, um, note, uh, Stern discussed at length the Greek word oyodai, um, and show that in a passage where the context is the land of Israel, it generally means, Haaretz, the land of people, it generally means Judeans, the citizens of the province of Judea, however that province is delimited, whereas when the context is the diaspora, Jews in a national or peoplehood sense. Folks, you'd never know that if you didn't dig in to the passage and say, hey, there's more to this. What's all this about the Jews, the Jews, the Jews, the Jews? 
that doesn't seem right. didn't sit well with me. I read it for years, and I said, this doesn't sit well with me. It doesn't make sense to me. Until finally I started digging and digging and digging in the ministry of uh, Dr. Skip Mullen, one of my professors at seminary at Master's International School of Divinity. He, uh, you know, he broke open my head, and pretty much literally every class, and uh, imparted to me some learning that really changed my faith, changed my Change how I pursue the reading of the Word, the understanding of the Word. But I'd never known it. Be delivered unless you do, so that they could be delivered. We are the Gentiles for the most part. We have Jews here. But the fact is, the only way we get delivered, the only way we get delivered is to read again. It's the only way. It's not a magic wand. It's not somebody saying, text this number. I, I literally have seen this. People ask me all the time, did this really happen? I have been in churches where they say, take out your smartphone, and if you want to accept Jesus, if you want to, if you want to become a Christian, text 5543 to so-and-so. If you have more questions, type 5544 to so-and-so. I kid you not. I kid you not. I, was, I thought it was to be an ill-timed joke. But it was for real because all of a sudden I'm looking and I see all the little lights go on. And what happens when the little lights go on? People stop looking up at the pulpit. They stop looking up front. They stop listening and they go like this. You know what you have to go past in order to get to your text messaging? You probably have to go past Facebook and Twitter and all these other things. I don't know. Technology is great. And if it's redeemed for the the furtherance of the kingdom, great. I'm for it. I'm holding an iPad right now. It's it's an incredible help to me. But you know what? Texting a number is not placing your faith in Christ. It's not. It's much more challenging than that. This past week, I gave an invitation to a great, great guy. And I have to tell you, I didn't ask him at the end. Well, do you? Do you want to? Do you want to place your faith in Christ? It's got to be enough in here, in your heart, that you say, I want this so that... I can be delivered. Amen. Powerful stuff. Anyway, whereas when the context is the diaspora, means the spreading of the Jews, it means Jews in an essential people had sent. This alone would be reason enough for translating it Judeans here. There's um, there's notes on, if you have the complete Jewish Bible, these are great notes too. Romans 11, 26, uh, the note there, and Galatians 6.16, the note there, on the distinctive religious use of the term Israel. Israel is two things. What is Israel? It is a people and a land, Haaretz, and the people of the land. Amazing, amazing. One of my textbooks, The People of the Land and the Land of the People. Just a powerful textbook. It's a, it's a textbook you could actually read like a book. It, this was fantastic. And if you borrow it from me, uh, it's written in a lot. I write in books. But even if there were no general principle, the parallel construction in the sentence makes Judeans inescapably the only correct rendering. Do you understand what that means? That means many, many people, myself included when I was a child, read this and said, why did the Jews do this? I don't have a, a King James versions with me, not to bash the King James folks. We love y'all. We love y'all. I understand. I get it. That's 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 what you grew up reading. As long as you're willing to acknowledge the the problems with translative issues and linguistic issues and context and cultural and worldview context, as long as you're willing to uh, address that and deal with that in your own self, I'm good. Read it all you want. But I'm telling you, this is not a small matter. Little things don't mean a lot. They mean everything. This is not a small matter, folks. This is anti-Semitism in a translation of Scripture. And you know, we're always saying we want people to come to God. We want people to read the Word. So if you read a book that says, hey, go kill the people that don't believe. Go cut the heads off of the infidel. What book would you be reading? Everybody knows. It's the Koran. You know, the, the 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 Bible, if you will, of Islam tells you that's what you must do. Moderate Muslims, I don't see it. 
I don't, if they read the word that they have been given, and if they read Umdat Salik, which is the Reliance of the Traveler, 1,435 pages, it's free to anyone who wants to download it on the, from the Internet. If you type in the Reliance of the Traveler, you can download that for free. 1,435, I've read it three times. I'm telling you what's in that book. If acted upon, if obeyed, I should say, makes you a murderer or a murderer to be. And you are opposing all mankind, which includes yourself. But here's the thing. If we want people to read Scripture, if we really believe that, man, all we have to do, and listen, the Gideon Society, let me tell you, they're heroes. Read up on the Gideon Society sometime how many lives have been given. Bush pilots, on-ground deliverers that are murdered. I didn't say were murdered, are murdered, regularly martyred for the word. Today. Today. If we believe what we say and say we've got to get this word in every hand in all the world so that all the world can know, but it's wrong, it's anti-Semitic, anti-Jew, it's anti-God, then are we helping? I have to tell you, the answer is no. The answer is no. We've got to make these things plain. We've got to make these things simple. But we've got to make these things correct. Stern goes on to say, For Shaul, picking up the theme of suffering introduced at 1.6 and 2.2 of Thessalonians, says that you people in God's congregation in Thessalonica suffered the same things from your countrymen, the Thessalonians, as God's congregations in Yehuda did from theirs. And what is the term used? Don't miss this, folks. What is the term used to name the countrymen of God's congregation in Judea? Judea. Jews? No, Judeans. Absolutely right. It's not Jews. They don't, God does not use, for God's congregations in Judea, he doesn't use the word Jews. He uses Judeans. The countrymen of the Judean believers were, of course, Jews. But so were the Judean believers themselves. This is stern. Joel is not talking about the Jewishness of the Judean believers' countrymen, but about the fact that the Jewish unbelievers from this area had a history of fighting the Jewish believers, let me go back, don't miss this, very important, shout out the fact that the Jewish unbelievers from this area had a history of fighting the Jewish believers, which goes right back to their role in having Yeshua executed. And, and thereby, Shaul remained wary of them for many years, for good reason. Shaul's purpose here seems to be to help the Thessalonians put their suffering in perspective. Hey, it happened to them there. It's happening to you here. They're not suffering as severely or as unremittingly as the Judean congregations. This is stern. Because the Judean non-believers are more dogged opponents. They talk about 15 and 16 than those in Thessalonica. The Judeans who? The final point has to do with punctuation. Punctuation matters. The final point has to do with punctuation. The other versions have comma after Jews. The Jews who killed the Lord Jesus. This population gratuitously highlights the church's traditional... Ah, I see the light bulbs going on. The punctuation gratuitously highlights the church's traditional charge of deicide leveled against the Jews. Because for all of time, as long as I can remember, growing up in traditional churches, I've heard the Jews killed Jesus. Why we write the Jews off? It's because they killed Jesus. Here's a newsflash for you. If you are a Jew, your lineage traces back to the tribes. You're going to be in the presence of a holy God. Why? Because a holy God made a promise to you through a covenant that he did not supersede. He did not undo. He said, you are my people. 
for a long time, for all of eternity, and I create time, and you are in my hand. And Yeshua fulfilled it. So in the Christian church, the modern, postmodern, emergent Christian church, we see a lot of looking back and saying, well, the Jews, let's not trouble ourselves with the Jews. You know, I said, uh, and I have to hurry, I said uh, some weeks ago, and I got a lot of comments about it, about uh, a, a pastor who has a very violent pro-Israel uh, stance, and he, and he does wonderful things. He's a wonderful man in many, many respects. But the Jews in Israel don't take kindly to him because he speaks down to them as though, well, you just don't know yet. You're going to come along. And he has conversations with them like that, like, well, you know, we can agree to worship. We worship the same God, but part of the Trinity we don't worship because you don't acknowledge him as Messiah. Like he's telling them, they are the land of the people and the people of the land. They are the people of God, the very people of God. You're not telling them anything new. Listen, you talk to a young Jewish boy in Israel, talk to him, and I'm going to tell you something. He'll run circles around me in Scripture. It took me 11 years of school. He'll run circles around me. A kid going through Hebrew school will, will just do donuts on me because they learn it from the core. Anyway. This punctuation gratuitously highlights the church's traditional charge of deicide leveled against the Jews because the function of such a comma is to make the predicate who killed the Lord Jesus apply to all Jews. Without a comma, it reads, the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus, so that the predicate specifies which particular Jews or Judeans are meant, namely those who killed him as opposed to those who didn't. The Greek text unambiguously, again, this is stern, requires the latter understanding that is no comma, as the standard Greek grammar will prove in its discussion of the use of the definitive, de- definite article with an ejectable um, predicate. The fact that the United Bible Society's critical Greek text has a comma here is beside the point, since the text originally was not punctuated at all. And punctuation did not arrive in Greek until many centuries after the New Testament was written. Folks, so the comma wasn't a mistake. It was chosen by a church that hates Jews. And cannot support a church that hates Jews. They are the people of the land. And it is the land of the people. And they are God's chosen. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for joining our group. We we have fun, we eat good food, and we have great music, thanks to Steve. Um, praying for all of the Gold Star families. Today, tomorrow, and tomorrow, folks, is a hard day. If you lost your child, your husband, your wife, your sister, your brother, in service to this country, God bless them, everyone. Join us next time for Sundays with Dr. Sean. And please follow this show and the Collision of Faith and Politics radio show during the week at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Ninja Pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at The Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio. And check out all the free messages, archive shows, and buy Dr. Sean's critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, at www.drshawngreener.com. Join us during the week. And in the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining us in this fight.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.